I got a call from your math teacher yesterday. She says that you are listening to the radio in math class. Podcast. It's a podcast. What? It was this episode of the Retro Rewind Podcast. Master Falcon! Master! We have to hurry! All right! Hang on tight! Reflux capacitors fluxing. Crew to stations. Scanning for the never ending story 1984. Prepare to rewind in three, two, one. Welcome, Rewinders and new listeners to the Retro Rewind Podcast as we take our trip to the through the fourth dimension of doom. Dun, dun, dun. Yes, and when this is the place where we take a fresh look at movies and games from 15 or more years ago. I am your captain of the pod, Francisco Ruiz, and I'm joined by your exo and mine, Paul, the master soundboarder, Powers. That's like the third time you've called me the soundboarder. Is, is that my new title? That is your new title with all your soundboarders. Yes, yes it is. <laughs> also for this discussion of the film The Neverending Story, we welcome aboard for the first time host of the podcast Who Will Save Generation X Trivia Game Show, Jason Zabe Zabo. Hey, Zabe. Hey, man. So happy to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Of course. So glad to have you. And joining Zabe is his wife, a Gen Xer herself, appreciator of movies and music, and meter of the famous. Uh, we welcome uh, <laughs> Suzanne Sabo. Hey, Suzanne. Hey, how are you? So I'm doing well. well. Awesome. Uh, speaking of wives, there are uh, two more joining us on this mission. First is my wife and administration officer of the pod, Ashley Ruiz. Hey, Ashley. Hi, everybody. Hello. Thank you for having me back. You betcha. And finally, making a long-awaited return from episode 160 of the podcast, we are glad to have back Paul's wife and chief clergy of the pod, Valerie Powers. Hey, Valerie. Hi. Hello, hello. Now that you have a quick flyby of who we are, Paul, can you give us a quick overview of the production specs for Whoa. the never-ending story? <laughs> oh. Cut that in post, right? <laughs> sure. All right. The never-ending story was released in 1985 on the Amstrad CPC, Apple II, Atari 8-bit, Commodore 64, and the ZX Spectrum platforms. Paul? Paul. Yeah. Do you, do you see what I'm writing right here? For those that are watching, that are listening, yeah. I'm writing the Luck Dragon Falcor right Yeah, now. that's what this game yeah. was, this video game <clears throat> developed yeah, by and, Datasoft and Incorporated. Know, if you're, if you say the wrong movie, I can wish him to eat you. Do you want that to happen? I don't want <laughs> it to happen. Good, I, this is you're a game. You're going to in a dumpster. Arquito said it might be a game, so I thought we were reviewing the game, the, the, the text okay. adventure game. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's not where the riddle pointed. It pointed to the movie, The NeverEnding Story, the first one oh. from 1984. That could have been brought to my attention yesterday! All right, fine. I'll go back and watch the movie. Thank you. All right. The NeverEnding Story, the movie, was released July 20th, 1984, right? Yes, that sounds uh, right. Okay. Runs an hour and 42 minutes and is rated PG. It was directed by Wolfgang Peterson and written by Wolfgang Peterson, Hermie Weigel, based on the novel by Michael Ende. Sorry, some of these names are German. <laughs> so, uh, with the lead stars being Noah Hathaway, Barrett Oliver, and Tammy Stronrach. Stronach. 
Uh, the music was composed by Klaus D- Doldinger and uh, Gorgio Morador. Mordor. I don't know. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Are you ready for the box office trivia? I'm ready. Is everyone else here uh, ready? Let's do this. Awesome. And everyone in chat, feel free to join in on this little uh, quiz game that we have for where it placed in the box office. Go for it, Paul. Mm. All right. The NeverEnding Story was made for about $27 million. And depending on uh, what site that you, I, I was read, it was actually quite conflicting. But since mm. we go with the numbers.com, according to them, it made $21 million worldwide. Did not make its Yikes. money back. But no, not so much. Given this fact, how high in the box office do you think it ranks among the movies released theatrically in 1984? We'll go for the top 50. Awesome. Okay, so top 50. Let's start with Zabe. Where do you think it ranked in the top 50 movies of 1984? Well, I'm the Gen X trivia guy, right? And you're leading yeah, so off you with the trivia this. question. It's going to be mm-hmm. very embarrassing for me if I Quite. don't get this. So thanks for setting yeah. me up to fail. Of course. Don't worry. Most uh, people do don't it. get this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you're going to say the top 50, that means to me that it's surely not in the top 20 or else you would have done 20, right? <laughs> not so, necessarily, but okay. If that's the way, that's a good strategy. Why would you go 50? You know, why because would, you know, I, I want to help people since, you know, I could have said it came out in 85, be the top 85, but I was trying to be generous. All right. Here, all right. Uh, I got to say, oh, 84. Sorry. I was thinking of the game again. Sorry. Go ahead, Zabe. $20 million didn't make its money back. It's got to be a poor performer. I would say it's in the 40s somewhere. I'll say 44. All right. 44. All right. Suzanne, where do you think it placed in the top 50? Um, yeah, I agree. I would say. I'm going to go. Price with, is right, Zabe. That's fine. I'm going <laughs> to. I'm going to go with 42. No, oh, there you go. Okay, nice. Took Bobo's number. Good job. Nice, Bobo's number. Uh, Valerie, how about you? How about 40? 40, okay. <laughs> so much more generous than I was going to be. Ashley? 48. 48. I, I'm going to, I'm going to, one dollar, Bob. We're going to go for number one. Maybe this will work. No. The number one of the check. year or, or 50? Which way are you uh, going? Number one. <laughs> number oh, one. You're, right. you're going to be okay, disappointed so there, husband. D. Tungsten guest 17. Uh, these are people here live in chat. Thank you for being here, D. Tungsten. Ms. Wyndham guest 50. Dale said 45. Bobo 42. Star Fox 45. Uh, and hey, Nick, uh, Kirk says 38. Uh, and I think that's, yeah, 40s kids. Exactly, Dale. Uh, so, Paul, where did it actually end up? All right. According to the hyphen numbers.com, it came all the way in at 49. Mm. 49. So, Ashley wins this time. Wow. See, well you were done, being far Ashley. too generous. Well, you know, it could have been number one. <laughs> no. In bizarro world. On yeah. opposite day, maybe. Uh, if oh if you, Indiana Jones, The Temple of Doom had came out or yeah. any of the other 48 <laughs> movies that year. <laughs> I thought exactly. Temple of Doom was 83. Was it 84? 84. Okay. Ghostbusters, Beverly's Hill Cop, All right, Gremlins, I get it. Romancing Paul, the Stone, Karate Thank Kid. Thank you for <laughs> those <laughs> back toids, Oh, Paul. you're welcome. And let's see if any of them factor into our memory mind melt or subsequent roundtable discussion, which we'll get into once Elsa's located our target film. Alert, alert. Target located. 
Establishing Analysis Vector. For anyone who's ever imagined a fantasy, believed in a legend, made a wish, or had a dream, this is a journey to the enchanted world of the never-ending story. An ideal holiday attraction. The never-ending story commences Wednesday at Academy Cinema City. Also Glenelg Cinema Centre, Chelsea Marriottville, Semaphore and Capri Goodwood. Yes! Maybe, I can't wait! <laughs> right? And maybe we look forward to watching The Neverending Story in an Australian theater also. Sounds good to me. <clears throat> I mean, in fact, maybe that's where we watched it, uh, if memory serves. Uh, speaking of memories, so let's get into our memory mind melt synopsis of The Neverending Story. Bastion is not a real name, and the bullies are justified in harassing him. <laughs> what? So, D-A-R-Y-L, Daryl, steals a book from old man Diabetes? I don't think that's Diabetes! <laughs> Bookstore owner, boy skips school by staying in school by staying in school and reading books he stole and reading the book he stole from a horse and his boy. But we aren't in Narnia because it has because it's the nothing that is going to get you. Nothing is gonna get you. And the book is called <laughs> The Neverending Story. The night hog makes a funny sound when talking to flying bat and the racing snail and the rock monster. Uh, Trey yo. Atreyo uh, travels through Fantasia to find the princess while losing his horse to Padme's disease. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> Hot take. Between Atrax and Atreyo, the wrong one died in the quicksand. Wow. That is a hot take. Mm-hmm. Um, the boy reader chooses a new name for himself, himself, and shouts in the storm his mom's name. But what the heck does he say? Somehow he's, somehow this defeats the nothing while the boy becomes part of the story and saves the princess and rides away on a giant dog in the real world because it's weird science. <laughs> Based on those memories, quite flawed as they were, what rating did they lead you to predict for this film before rewatching it? Classic, nostalgic, or tragic? Zay, what was your prediction before you watched the film of how you would rate it? Well, I predicted that it would be nostalgic, but with an asterisk. That okay for what's children, the asterisk? the asterisk is I think for children is classic. Oh, okay, interesting. But for Suzanne, adults, not so much. Suzanne, what was your prediction? I predicted nostalgic the okay. entire time. I didn't. I didn't. Didn't see, flinch. Yeah. This is going to be nostalgic through and through. All right. Yeah. Fair. So. Uh, Paul, how about you? Um, I predicted nostalgic because I haven't seen this movie in quite some time and I had really no desire to go back and watch it <laughs> anytime soon. Okay. Valerie? Classic. Classic. All right. Ashley? Nostalgic. Nostalgic. And I'm with you, Valerie. Classic. Yeah, this is going to be a good fantasy movie. <laughs> Why are you shaking your head, Ashley? <laughs> well, I, I apparently didn't remember anything, really, because, like, hearing all those memories and when mm-hmm. I was going through my own, I'm like, what exactly do I remember of this movie? It's been, like, 25 years since I've seen it. Okay. That's um, quite a bit. So, yeah. Apparently, right. I didn't remember very much at all. <laughs> No worries. It'll be interesting to see if those predictions come true. But first, let's get into our discussion of the things we liked most about the never-ending story. Let's spin up our... And let's begin with... We'll begin with Suzanne this time. What's one thing you liked about the never-ending story? I really liked watching it again and that feeling 
remembering that feeling of like seven-year-old me and remembering that, oh yeah, this movie was so awesome to me. I loved so many things like how he got to get vengeance on his enemies by writing Falcor at the end. <laughs> <laughs> I, loved, I loved that. And Bullies I have, belong in the trash. Yeah, exactly. Revenge have, is a dish best served on electric. Right. Yeah. I loved the feeling of like how like yes he's he's the one. He's the one that can save them all. Like as you're a child you can make such a difference in the world. Nobody listens Aww. to me. And I'm the one who can change everything. And you know, save this world. And I loved that feeling that it gave me of how it feels to be a kid and to mm-hmm. have this amazing fantasy and just absolutely do what you want and conquer and be part of something really important. Oh, yeah! that's so cool. <laughs> oh my gosh, Paul. <laughs> well, very cool. Uh, Zabe, did you have a similar feeling of like, I can take on the world, I can dream things, I can dream my dreams into existence, or did, was there something else you liked about this film? Well, I have plenty of things that I didn't like about this film. And, okay, uh, but we're starting with things I we did like. I, I understand. Okay, okay, okay. I understand. Right. But the, 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 the one thing that I really picked out watching it this time uh, again is um, there was a really cool scene that I liked when, okay, so Atreyu gets out of the water, right, and off the beach, and they have that horrible editing sequence where Falcor gets the Auron. Right? Oh, yeah, in the underwater, yeah. Underwater, see, what, what are you funny. talking about? You, you can't show a puppet picking something up by fade, fade cutting between shots? I don't know it, what you're talking about. That's so the only brutal. way to do it. It was so brutal. But anyways, but so he's going through those ruins. I'm not sure exactly where Atreyu was when he's going through the ruins, but he sees all the murals, right, on the side. Mm-hmm. It kind of shows his story along the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. And then the last mural that they show is the Gamork from Gaork. Like, <laughs> yes. the Gamork. and Love and then it. they introduced the Gamork that way i thought that was yes. that's probably the best storytelling uh job that they did in the movie oh wow yeah. it's it, it's sort of, of like a summary and a foreshadow that happens right away yeah that's, that, that's the best usage of having the camera tell the story opposed yeah. to the vomitous if that's a word use of exposition that they do throughout this whole movie <gasps> it's a lot of exposition. exposition. Mm-hmm. What are you talking about? <laughs> I think that's what was at the bottom of the swamps of sadness. Yeah. Do you suppose the swamps of sorrow sort of is a is a uh, like a, a lake that feeds into or a, 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 a body of water that feeds into the um the jeez oh, yes. Dang it. Um, I'm going to have to disagree with you. <laughs> yeah. Bog of eternal stench. Bog of eternal stench. That's oh, what I was going sure. for. No. Yes. <laughs> but no. Oh, fine. Nope. Shot down. Fine. My dreams col- have collapsed. Uh, Ashley, what's something you enjoyed about The Never Ending Story? Something I really enjoyed about The Never Ending Story was the map backgrounds, the set design. Mm. I thought... The world of Fantasia was beautifully created and on display in this movie. Mm-hmm. I even chose this background just because the matte painting in the background when they first showed the ivory tower was just so ridiculously scenic and beautiful. Yeah. And going off of what Zabe said, <clears throat> the murals that they used to storytell, those were impeccably well done. And I felt like they really captured the story really well and just 
all the sets, mm-hmm. all the different places that they were, from the map backgrounds to the practical set pieces, um, the ivory tower, yeah, and everything in between. It was just very beautiful that, to see the world of Fantasia in so many different areas. Absolutely, I yes. couldn't agree more. That that's <laughs> very similar to mine. Um, mine I'll call creativity in that, like Ashley was just saying, the like the settings. Mm-hmm. And the the places are very creative, but not only that, the characters themselves, the different types of characters, and even yes, I enjoyed the, the whole the creativity of the plot of the boy and and the story and how they become one and to save the empress and all this. I wait, I, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, who becomes one? I did say that. What did, what did I mean? And, and Bastion become one? Yeah, in the mirror. Is that what yeah, you're yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. How he be how Bastion becomes part of the story oh, uh, that he's oh, okay, reading. Okay. Yeah. I thought I thought either you're making up something or I missed something. No, no, no. Bas- he becomes Bastion because when ba- no, no, I mean, Bastion becomes a trade because when a trade no, looks in the mirror, the mirror and he sees his true self, it's what? Bastion. They're connected. So they're the his... same. Oh they're really? Is that what that was trying to say? They're not the well, same. that's how I took it. That's how I. Well, you're interpreted wrong, it. Paul. <laughs> that's fine. I don't believe the 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 sadness goes into the bog of eternal stench either. But that's fine. <laughs> Time out, bad guys. I'm running out of air. No. Um. Do have any of you read the book? I'm wanting no. to read the book, but have any of you read it? No. Big nose from everyone. No. Nope, okay. And have more to. power to you if you want to. Okay. Well, go. All right. You Zabe, is about to, Zabe is about to weigh in. He hadn't, he didn't oh. answer. I was going to say, I'm going to lie and say I read the book that way. Anything I say will trump anything you guys say from a, a painting. Wow. And you'll never know the wow. difference because you never read the book. <laughs> yes, but you just told us you were lying about it. But I didn't. I was, I was, never mind. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So is um, he lying about reading it or not reading it? I can't tell. <laughs> it depends what suits me best. All right. You, <laughs> oh my goodness uh, anyway anyway let's go to Valerie next was the imagination the creativity of this world something that really appealed to you or did something else uh, make your like list yes to both <laughs> okay <laughs> yes, I also love the cinematography by the way and the creativity oh yeah 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 but what I wrote awesome. down was I thought the movie had some really great themes for young children and oh okay my favorites were Children can be heroes, mm. overcoming despair, building self-confidence, facing your true self, and the value of dreams, hopes, and imagination. Aww. Very cool. The movie taught well, me that all adults are horrible humans. Yeah. <laughs> and that you can mix, you can put a raw egg in your orange juice and that can be your breakfast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. He didn't skip the protein. That's He's, the most important part. Yeah. He, no, he didn't, though, because the eggs are protein. Or yeah. did you say I he said didn't? he did, didn't ah, skip ah, the protein. It's yeah. the most important part. You got your protein, you got vitamin C. That's, you don't need anything and else. it's frothy. It's like an orange Julius. <laughs> yum, yum, yum. Ah. I didn't notice that till this watching. I mean, and he, that was a long take, and he did it. He was there, yeah. mixed it, yeah. and drank it. Like, wow. Yeah. yeah. All right. So I'm with he the egg. Too. He's like, what's he going to do with that egg? He's not going to put in that orange juice, is he? <laughs> and he did. I think and that's put, why he was hey. such a horrible dad. He had such bad breakfast every day. So wow. Oh, he's got to go make that money and, you know, uh, not pay attention to his kid. Yeah. Hey, when you keep your feet on the ground, you eat the eggs in your or- OJ. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's what I call a major dad. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm... 
Uh, what I call something that is that I liked about this film is actually I really enjoyed the soundtrack. I, yes. I just loved both the the score. Dun, 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 dun. I, I just I like that. I like the never ending story. That's sort of the the theme song mm-hmm. I enjoyed. But I, I I appreciate the score more. In fact, we it made me reflect on our conversation we had last time about Return to Oz. I feel if if Return to Oz had the quality of soundtrack that this movie had, yeah. I would have for sure rated it a classic. So I, it, it would have helped that movie so much. Yes, it, it <laughs> really it really would have because I was thinking about how much it did help this this movie. Mm-hmm. Because I enjoyed the soundtrack too. Uh, uh, awesome! Yes, I'm glad. I'm glad that you guys are in gr- agreement. I, with I enjoyed me, the obviously. soundtrack so much that last night I went. I bought it. So. Really? Oh <laughs> yeah. my gosh, that's crazy! Right in the middle of pausing, writing things we'd like. I was like, all right, yeah, I'm gonna buy this. This Don't is great. Don't get any ideas, okay. Francis. Well, Paul, did that? Okay, let's get into classic makers then. Was that your classic maker, Paul? That, sort of. That yeah. Okay. Bought? All right. What my classic maker? I'm gonna call uh, the production quality, and that includes. Okay. Um, the music, the, the it's like a magical score. It's so well done, just the different yeah, moods yeah. and tones. But also, mm-hmm. I think the kid actors did a good job. Not the best, but mm-hmm. I thought they really helped ground it for the most part. Yeah, um, yeah. Especially since some of them were like like the Empress. That was her first time on camera, and she's like mm. crying and selling it real. Yeah, into I, the I, I, into the think about that. Yeah. But yeah. And then also under uh, what I call the the production quality is like the physical creatures and what what uh, Valerie said was like the cinematography. It's just the whole overall production design I thought was really well done, especially for its time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know what? That's pretty much my my classic though a subset of it for me. Uh, my classic maker, I should say. The level of detail in the puppets, especially, yes. were remarkable to mm-hmm. me. I mean, especially for one that, like, I know Jim Henson is like the 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 standard bearer of like quality puppeteering, but yeah. as far as I know, Henson Company wasn't involved in this. And the the Luck Dragon, yeah. the Rock Biter, oh yeah, all the all the sub creatures in the in the Ivory Tower. What yeah. about Morla, the 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 ancient one? Yeah, the, oh, the his eyes. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. it looks so real. So I, I was like, I was astounded by that. Yeah, it, it just looks so real. Gamork that Gamork and the glowing eyes. So Gamork was the one <laughs> where I felt like yeah, I was like <laughs> dislocating. <laughs> I, yeah. I have. Yep. I have. I mean, I do. Have, so. You'll find my class maker and my tragic maker are very connected. It's like two sides of the same Foreshadowing. I know, right? I'm about to turn around. Good works right there. It looked like Zabe um, was about to say something, though. Oh, okay. Go for it, Zabe. Well, you're talking about Morla. I think Morla looks the best out of mm. all the all the creature mm-hmm. designs. But, oh, absolutely. But not that that matters. <laughs> <laughs> Good call. Something really interesting like. that you, you were touching upon, too, uh, especially mm-hmm. about Gamork, and I found it to be true of Falco. 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 Falcor. Rock me on Davis? No, we're, we're calling him Falco <laughs> on the chat. I see everyone calling him Falco. So <laughs> I'm going to join into that. Um, nice. I'm like, is he a captain too? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yes. So I think that the nose, the way that they puppeted the nose was so yeah. weird on Oh, in Gamork? Like it was, yeah, it was like undulating. It was like yeah. forward It, made, it seemed like a dog's mm-hmm. nose almost. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah it, but it had a life of its it, own. It, it <laughs> did. Oh, okay. It really did. And so did Falcors as well. Falcors. Yeah. yeah. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I just thought like. The puppetry of the nose was a whole nother level on this movie. <laughs> yeah, they had yes, a separate right. puppeteer just for the nose. I'm sure. Right, <laughs> it's like Java's yes. tail. They had to a- get these noses just yeah. right. 
Um, what did, would you say, Suzanne, that this movie got just right? It was your favorite thing of this film. Um, I kind of agree with Paul, what he was talking about earlier when it comes to the imagination that they use. So the, I, I would say the creature shop, the art design, the cinematography, how that all worked together to create those individual creatures that we see. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. perfect. It's superb. I still yeah. love it. Even to today, I, yeah. I want to pause the throne room area and look at at all of them and still so i have seen this movie probably loosely i i will say somewhere between 50 and 75 times like in my yeah i recorded it off hbo when i was until (laughs) over and over again until the tape was as worn out as worn out can be. I watched wow. it so much as a kid. And even as an adult going back and watching it now, I still saw new creatures in that room. I saw yeah. the first wow. people for the first time. And I'm like, there's fish people. There's like walking <laughs> fish. It's amazing. Uh, so wow. yeah, I love that. I think they just got that right. They got very cool. what it would look like if a child looked at an everyday object and an everyday creature like a fish yeah. or a turtle or a dog and turned it into something magical. It really yeah. did well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On, yeah, I can totally that see that. Fantasy. Yeah. Very cool. Uh let's see. Uh Valerie, what's something that was super fantastic about this film for you? What was your classic maker? So yeah, my very favorite thing is the concept of the reader being part of the story. So when I was young, I absolutely loved reading. I read so much. I wish I still did. I still love it, but not quite as much. But um, the idea of becoming a part of one of my favorite books, when I saw that movie, that blew me away. And it just made it so much more special. And I thought, oh, that would Mm -hmm. be so much fun. And Uh, then also in this movie, it almost takes it a step further in that uh, Bastion becomes a main character literally in in it and then he yeah. actually gets to rebuild fantasia i mean mm-hmm. again mind blown like the the scene where he's suddenly writing falcor i think it's one of the best movie best scenes in the whole movie oh yeah absolutely the best <laughs> so that's yeah. that that concept of becoming part of the story is just fantastic very cool oh that's awesome yeah ashley what part of this story do you wish you could be, have been a part of you liked it so much I don't know that there was a particular part that I would want to be a part of, but okay. just to go back to what other people were saying about yeah. the creature effects and the yes. costumes and just the this bit of the development of the characters and just how many differences and how unique everyone was. Yeah. And just seeing just how in-depth it was, just from the very beginning with having a big racing snail and a sleeping bat that was just hanging there and what are they called the 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 rock hog, biters the rock biters and the what are they called the hog things the night hog the hog things night hog the, hob, the night hog what? i believe they're called the night, the night hog. hob the night the night hobs yes and just just how intricate the makeup design was right. and then when you got to the throne room and seeing all the different people that made up fantasia just I was going to say, Francisco, between your classic maker with the intricacies of the puppets and just how incredibly detailed they were and then the makeup effects Mm -hmm. of the non-puppeted characters. It was Mm -hmm. just so beautifully done. Yes, absolutely. Well said, well said. And that leaves Zabe. Say something really well for us about this movie, Zabe. Well, I came to a realization. Francisco. Go go ahead. (laughs) What? (laughs) 
I just said that was a weird segue on my part. Go for it, save, save me. <laughs> well, speaking of weird segues, uh, this movie, seeing it this time around, I, I picked up on something. And the oh. fact that this movie is really a ripoff of Conan the Barbarian. Oh, you know how what? so? Yeah, I bet. I just watched Conan. How I want to hear this take. Yes. <laughs> well, Are, and this is your favorite thing about this movie? This is my favorite thing. I love, okay. I love Conan the Barbarian. Oh, why? Okay, you like Conan and this movie, Zabe. So explain this to me. I'm confused. How I, are they connected? I think that all the major beats of Conan the Barbarian can be mm-hmm. applied to this movie as well. Conan oh, came out okay. before Never Ending Story. I just want to point yes. that out. There's this mm-hmm. orphan kid that goes on this mm-hmm. world-saving quest. True. A bunch of horses die in, in very traumatic ways. <laughs> well, one well, horse, but yes. Well, well, one horse in... Not in uh, not in Conan. Go oh, look sure. that up okay. on how, how poorly the yes. poor horses were treated. Uh, but Falcor asks at the very end, he says, <clears throat> I'm not going to do my Falcor impression, but what what would you wish for next, he says, like for Bastion. And uh, Bastion chooses what's best in life. He wants revenge against his enemies. <laughs> he wants to crush his enemies, see uh-huh. them driven out before you, and hear the lamentations of the women. Yeah. So <laughs> you know what? That's what he does. I... He wants to hear the lamentations of the women. Oh yeah. He oh yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's sort of it's internal dialogue that you you just can is that see why he did, he his... took so long to say the name? He just wanted to hear, hear the empress keep <laughs> yes. whining. That's the lamentations right. of the empress. Yes. Oh okay. Wow. Uh, but that's but what I found really interesting was that this movie has the exact same ending as Conan the Barbarian, because the 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 protagonist or oh, sorry. Uh, the 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 voice the narrator the narrator yeah, yeah. guy, uh, he 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 says to the audience that uh, that the protagonist had uh, much more adventures, but mm-hmm. that's another story, right? And yep. the only difference is that in Conan they had the voice of Uncle Iroh from Avatar given the epilogue, and that mm-hmm. always makes Mako. me happy. Yep. Yeah, yes. So I just and I this just story will also be told, right? That is on Mako. <laughs> Perfect. One for one. Right on. You know what I really enjoyed is the 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 narrator in this and the never ending story was uh, Alan Oppenheimer, who mm-hmm. also did the voice of the rock biter, Falcor and Gamork. And yeah. it, for anyone who doesn't know, like Alan Oppenheimer is is a fantastic voice art over artist from the 80s and still working today. Yeah, I mean, he's still alive. He, he did Skeletor. So it's really. Oh, I don't think I knew that. It's, wow. I knew that either. It's really fun to know that he he did the rock biter. Now I see why you pit this camp. Well, he also did. I'm through toying with you, He-Man. <laughs> that's right that that is right. yeah absolutely yeah. one thing um, about the rock biter is, mm-hmm. is he a creature made of rocks i and, thought so and eats them I mean, yeah i thought it was animal. both <laughs> yeah well you are what well, you I eat mean, right yeah but, that's a good point i, 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 eat, I eat pizza <laughs> and i'm pizza the hut so. but apparently there's animate and inanimate rocks so right. yeah that's a good point yeah, okay. that is weird. I feel better. Hmm. I was, it kept me up last night. Thank you, Ashley. I <laughs> finally fall asleep thinking he's not eating well, other rock biters. I just think it's it's another story of like it it illustrates again a child's imagination. It takes you right there so that you yeah. look at the thing and you imagine like, well, how can this thing be alive? How can I play with it? Right. And, yeah. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then here's this rock that becomes a rock man. And yeah. 
That's how it got so big. Lords of League and Rocks. It's awesome. Wow. Yeah. There's there's one scene that I think is in the throne where like it's another really cool illustration of that where there's there's a character or a couple of characters that have faces where they have multiple eyes and it looks as if almost two faces have been sort of glued together in the middle. Yeah. And they're wearing these like uh, real thick colors and they remind me of playing cards like every time i look at them i'm like that's a playing card that's like mm-hmm. if you had a king oh, yeah, or a queen totally. or a jack on yeah a card, you know how like they have their faces turned you can right see one mm-hmm. Eye? Mm-hmm. if you took yes. that and made it three-dimensional like that's a playing card i, I just i saw like childlike objects and or yeah. things you would play with everywhere in the movie represented yeah. by these creatures it was so fun that's so, so cool. cool yeah very creative yes uh, but there might be some things that weren't so creative about this, guys. I think it's time to get... Oh. Hold on. <sighs> Checking my notes, guys. I'm sorry. There's one more thing I forgot. One more. Geek Devotions. Geek Devotions is a collaboration of devoted geeks that are devoted to letting people know that they are loved. They produce a weekly geek culture-infused devotional, their podcast, Talk, and re- written articles all designed to encourage and challenge people in the geek community. Uh, bringing, bridging the gap between their faith and their geekdoms. Find all their content at geekdevotions.com. Ah, uh, yes. That's great, Francisco. What does that have to do with the never-ending story? I don't know. About as much as your video game... Wait, the video game probably has a lot to do with it. Yes, it's based on the movie. <laughs> I thought that would work. It didn't. I... Oh, well, uh, Geek Devotions uh, is... Uh, well, this is a geeky type movie. It's fantasy, it's genre, and they cover stuff like this all the time. So, uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. Because Alan Oppenheimer is a narrator and he voiced He Man, and He Man's a geeky thing too. Is that Yeah. That work? When I think He Man, I think geek. Sure. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, I thought so. All right. Uh-huh. Fine, Paul. There isn't a true to one to one connection. Okay. You got uh, me. You got right. me. Uh, but how about some trivia? Would that be more. Much more better. related to yes. the never as long okay. as it's about uh he-man yeah that's fine <laughs> <laughs> all right with uh i was gonna say with our powers combined but that's not he-man at all no did you all realize that noah hathaway was hurt twice during the making of the movie mm. well and noah hathaway is the one who played a trio well a trio uh, what did i say a trio it's a trio trio whatever uh, so while learning, so the first time was while learning to ride a horse, his horse threw him off and stepped on him. Way to go, Artax. And then the second time was while shooting the drowning sequence in the Swamp of Sadness, his leg got caught in the elevator, uh, like that of the, I think where the horse like was lowered down. Yeah. And he was pulled underwater. He was unconscious by the time he was brought to the surface. Oh. So that's kind of crazy. Yeah. But... Exactly. He never acted again, did he? Did he never act again? This was his only movie. I he's been in some things. In fact, lately, okay. more recently, he's been in horror movies. So, okay. Oh, okay. I was gonna say that would definitely scar, set you, him, scar yeah. you for life, right? It's like, well, filming was a horror, so let's just only make horror. Movies. <laughs> <laughs> it set the stage. Yes, and just like that trivia set the stage for this a trivial question. And since we have like this triple date night thing going here, we're going to do this a little different. So each spouse will answer for their partners 
this question, and then we'll see how well you know your husband and or wife. Oh, it's, it's a newlywed, newlywed game. game. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's like newlywed game. Exactly. It's my flashcard. <laughs> so we're going to start with Paul and Valerie. So uh, All right. Paul, we'll answer, keep, no, okay, answer this, and it's going to be the same question for everyone. So okay. Paul's on the spot, but you all get to think about this. Um, the question is, what is your, what is Valerie's, so your spouse's worst injury they have ever gotten in their life? Do you know this? I would say the time you broke your nose because it still gives you problems today. Is he right, Valerie? I mean, I'll accept that. I was thinking it was when I broke my elbow because it was I had to wear a cast for a month and that wasn't fun. Sounds like Paul was wrong. <laughs> well, they, uh, they both kind of still bother me. Oh, does your elbow still hurt? A little bit. Oh, so I didn't know that. Had okay. long uh, wow. <laughs> Valerie, same question. What is Paul's worst injury he's ever suffered? This might be wrong, but I know he hasn't had any broken bones, um, but shortly yeah. after we got married, he threw his back out and it's never really been the same. Oh. So I'm going to guess that. Is she right, Paul? Maybe. <laughs> because I was thinking, um, when I was a teenager, I was uh, dog sitting and walking the dog, and, and I fell down this uh, concrete sort of like ravine on the sides, and I scraped, mm -hmm. I was wearing shorts, and I scraped my knee up to the cartilage. Um, Ow. And that took a while to heal, but... Uh, I think throwing my back out that I've had problems a lot longer. So okay. I'll default to Val say she's, All right. she's right. So the powers are one and zero, I'd say. All right. One point for the powers. <laughs> Let's move on to the Zabos. So we'll start with Wait, the there's points? You could just say that. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> no, <laughs> Whatever no, you say. Yeah, sure. We'll, we'll do points. We'll All right. Be prepared for us to lose husband. We'll see who gets the power. The power. Uh, Zabe, what? My turn? Yeah. So Suzanne had a promising dance career when she was much younger, and mm -hmm. she could have been a pro dancer, uh, but was. Um, was well. Oh wow! Yeah, if you got paid, you're a pro. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. So uh, she's a professional dancer, and mm -hmm. she uh, <clears throat> uh, tore her ACL, and that pretty much was <gasps> oh. the uh, death spiral of her uh, promising oh. career in dance. So That's I, I got to say it's going to be the torn ACL. Yeah. No doubt. That oh, is good right. Job. Good job. Good job. So, so, yeah. <laughs> I'd have surgery and do the full bore. So, yeah. She has a cadaver's wow. uh, ACL in her knee right now. So, oh, man. What? ACL. ACL. Oh, I, so you're not spelling it wrong. A-N-K-L-E. No. It's no. What? Okay. <laughs> Anterior crucial ligament. Uh, Suzanne, whatever. what is Zabe's so worst I, injury? I, I want to clarify. I just want to clarify. Are we talking about one specific injury or we're seeing like more general? Because like with Paul, like his back, which is given him like that was kind of more of like a general injury. Because I have It's what whatever Zabe one. would say is his worst injury. Whatever Zabe would say is his worst injury. Go for the psychological wisely. injury. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I don't know. Mm. He has one specific one and then one general one. Um, okay. 50-50. Well, I'm going to go with the general, I think, because that... It's a bad idea. Okay, I'll go with <laughs> 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 No hints! <laughs> go ahead. I, I'm just kidding. I'm just uh, kidding. I don't know what you're talking about. So, <laughs> so 
when he was a kid, um, I believe it happened. I'm going to make it sound cooler because oh. it sounds cooler. Um, he got into a fight. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> and he broke his arm. He like broke his, he <gasps> broke his like either oh. Vegas or Ulna, like one or the other. But you should have seen the other kid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Zabe, is that correct? Yes, I did break my wrist in a fist fight stemming over a frisbee golf incident in sixth grade. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> wow. And, and that was that was, but that's that's probably not my most painful injury, right? Okay. Right? That's where we went for painful. It's just your worst, whatever, how you ever classify worst no, as. the worst so. time is when uh, Suzanne and I were dating, and uh, she dumped me and broke my heart. Oh, that, was the, oh, that was the worst pain I ever had. gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. Hey, at least I so, got back together with you and then married you. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. All it's right, so the, the Zabos have one point. The Powers have one point. Let's see if the Ruizes can top them. Ashley, what is my worst injury? I don't know. We don't really talk about injuries. And the only thing that I can remember, mm-hmm. husband, is you saying like how one of the last times you legitimately did parkour, mm-hmm. you had a really big fall. Mm-hmm. And ever since then, you've been wanting to get back into it. But since you thrashed your body, you're like, I don't know. Well, it wasn't. It was more my thumb that dislocated, relocated when I was trying to do a, yeah, a cartwheel. Uh you know what? I honestly had forgotten about that. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> well, I thought about my gallbladder. Um, that is not. No, no. That's way too recent. You sucker and it's punched not, him in the gallbladder? It's not an, it's not an injury. <laughs> Husband, it is not an injury. Oh, yeah. It yes, is. What caused that, it to fail? <laughs> the sucker punch. No. The sucker punch. No. Um, okay. No, I, I'll give you that, Ashley. And since I think, you know what? You deserve bonus points for thinking of something that I didn't. So you get like 10,000 points. No. So the Ruizes win. I think this is you a fair need, Okay, <laughs> husband, you need to answer for me. Oh, fine. Because uh, you never answer these and okay, you need to answer right. this. And technically, as the only newlyweds here. Yeah, I guess that's true. You Good need point. to answer. So for, I would guess <laughs> like that right. for you, it's that time that you almost uh, you're you were like six inches from having your spine dislocated or death or something in the car, uh, the car accident you had back in like 2010 or something like that. No, that's not an injury nope. if it's six inches from having an injury. <laughs> I actually only walked away from that accident with whiplash. So I'm glad that you remember that. But yeah. no, it actually was. Well, let me try again. When you <laughs> fell and hurt your knee at work. Yes. Okay. See? Because not oh, let me only try again. That, when you broke your not arm. Only, <laughs> not only did that physically injure my knee and I could barely move it for several days, it was also one of the most embarrassing. Like, it just bruised my ego so bad oh. because people came out from the front entry. That was so bad. Are you okay? Oh. At least they cared. And then, yeah, they yeah. cared. Like, the security guard, he called 911 for me. Like, oh. he was freaking out because apparently the last person who had fallen out there, like, got all bloody. And I... It, I didn't break anything. It just really, really hurt. And now, like, I've got the old person, like, cranks every time I bend. Oh. Um, but it, it was more of a, a bruised ego just because so many people saw me fall. But they were so nice. Yeah. Well, I will say we Darn got one it. point for us. So we are all tied. I wanted Good to job, insert, everyone. I've fallen and I can't get up, but I couldn't get to that <laughs> clip in time. Oh, uh, I, I, I should have said that because legit, it took like two people to help me get up because oh. I, I could not. 
my knee was just like locked and they they actually I'm had a wheelchair swimming. inside of can't get up. <laughs> oh my god. There was a wheelchair Aww. inside the building and they got me in the wheelchair and then my then boss actually took me to urgent care and it was just something yeah. Yes, Aww. exactly. Great trivia, Francisco. <laughs> and now that we've all had some trivial fun, let's find out what memories you, our awesome rewinders, had about the never-ending story. story. Thank you, Paul. From locals, Dale says, oh, wait, let me get this. Let me get this on. Oh, no. Uh, no, okay. no, 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 no. The uh, Lamal theme. Yes, never-ending story, which I always thought was a girl, a woman singing that. Well, that's for a the duet. longest time. Same. I I know, but like the the this guy is not a, a woman. No, so I, but the other person singing is. Yes, I understand that. But you I thought, thought it was they two girls women. singing. Yes, exactly. Oh. Exactly. Anyway, he remembers the Lamal theme. Uh, Gerald McCraney from Simon and Simon playing a major dad to a boy riding a cloudy dog, wondering why he was named Bastion. I saw the movie in a classroom. I only remember being glued to the set. At the time, I thought it was a great fantasy adventure that I wish never ended. Rip Wolfgang Peterson. D. Tungsten says, it never ended. Therefore, a second one was not made. <laughs> I think that's a joke. <laughs> yeah. Um, he also remembers the racing snail, the rock biter, and he quotes, we have started talking to ourselves. Or, we have started talking to ourselves. We are allergic to youth. Horses love swamp. They look good, <laughs> strong hands, don't they? The Southern Oracle, the guy who studies the Oracle, looks like my doctor. <laughs> I guess with the one tooth. Uh, he goes on wow. to say, the luck dragon? Who wore it better, Lamal or Francisco? Um, according to the video, <laughs> Lamal did. Okay. <laughs> wow. Uh, he goes on to say, pretty sure it was in the film, wasn't it? No, Lamal wasn't in the film. Uh, neither oh, was yeah, Francisco. Uh, then oh, sad day. D. Tungsten says, uh, goes on, it was delightfully imaginative film. I saw it sometime in the 80s and have loved it ever since. I also saw some of the behind-the-scenes stuff on Lights, Camera, Action, hosted by Leonard Nimoy on Nickelodeon. Same. Oh, very cool. I saw that also. Oh, cool. oh, awesome, Suzanne. Uh, Kennethan said, uh, not too memorable as I know it exists, and I may have seen it, but being at 1984, I was in college and don't recall ever showing this to my kids as they were growing up. Hmm, maybe I've, may, have I ever seen this film? I don't know, Ken. <laughs> From Facebook, David Gardner says, the 80s trauma train continues. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he goes on to say, just kidding, I remember t trying to turn up the volume to hear what name he shouted. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Name. Yeah. All yeah. of us. Am Collins says, yeah. I remember being enthralled. Such a fantastical world. I remember this sense of hopelessness as the world was consumed by the nothingness. And then that the feeling of renewed hope seeing the ivory tower floating in space. That combination of deep darkness with a final flicker of hope still does it for me. What a story. Uh, from Twitter, Christopher Battles says, left a gift, or he doesn't say, he left a gift of Falcor, and it says, this character is about it. That's all he remembers. Okay. And then we're going to end with uh, Zabe had a, a story that he, he shared with me over email. And I was like, I, I want you to be able to share this, Zabe. I'm not sure where, but I thought this was a perfect opportunity since we're sharing our memories. So, Zabe, take it away. What you what was the story you wanted to share? Well, this movie has a personal connection to me and my friend James Lewis Perryman, who was mm -hmm. a uh, real kind of in real kind of rough and tough kind of character growing up. He was my friend. I I think it's good for people to have friends that maybe 
I don't know, maybe a little slightly bad influences on you. You know, I was a great arrow growing up. Yeah. And uh, I could use a couple of uh, shady characters in my life, you know, <laughs> and James really fit that role for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but as kids, you know, he was always getting into trouble and always at odds with his parents um, or his parents. You know, we bonded over things that we didn't like. You know, sometimes the things you dislike can be the greatest bonds amongst friends, especially when you're kids. And that's kind of where we went. And when I mentioned to him once that I really hated the never ending story. Oh, I mean, the dude looked at me like he was going to kill me. And I, I thought I was, jo- I thought he was joking, you know, cause we joke around, but mm-hmm. he was deadly serious. And he's like, yeah. that is my favorite movie of all time. What? I like, yeah. I, I totally offended him. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I just thought it was really strange, but, it seriously put a big strain on our relationship and our friendship. And it took a lot of time to repair that. that seriously? Right. Yeah. It really like did. it was that big of a conflict. Wow. It was so strange to me. Like, yeah, I, I don't like the movie, but like, it's something that he really loves. And I, I yeah. made fun of it carelessly. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't treat something that he loved with care, you know, mm-hmm. and that, that offended him. Okay. And, you know, when we're kids, sometimes that happens and life took us separate ways. He, he went on to become a firefighter in, for the army and, uh, and I didn't see him much after that, mm-hmm. but uh, he was a very good person, but he had some very serious problems at home, you know, a very mm-hmm. troubled home life. And yeah. I feel like James really identified with Bastion in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were both kids from a single parent home uh, who were, had just, I think, abusive parents, really. I, mm-hmm. I think Bastion's dad is just so emotionally detached from Bastion in this movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, he just... I don't know. That's a whole other thing, but okay. um, well, he's forcing him to be someone other than he was, right? And that was that was similar with my buddy James. His parents mm-hmm. wanted him to go off and do all kinds of other things and filled his calendar for him with very adulty things, and mm-hmm. that's not who he wanted to be. But he was forced to be that way, mm-hmm. and so like Bastion, he was just, he was just a very sad figure in life. Both look and both of them were looking for escapes from their troubles, mm-hmm. and. Bastion got Falcor the Luck Dragon, but sadly, James' story came to a very tragic end mm-hmm. as he is currently on a missing persons list mm-hmm. and last seen on May 3rd, 2002. So, uh, so James, he won a jackpot at a casino outside at uh, Whiskey Pete's in Prim outside oh, of yeah. Vegas. Yeah. So mm-hmm. he, he won a big jackpot there and, and then he just disappeared. Mm. And with there's some suspecting foul play involved in it. Oh. And um, you know, you can you can look it up for yourself if you'd like to to check out his whole story. But uh so far for for the past 20 years, every year on his birthday, I like to honor him by by watching this movie. And uh, I remember my buddy. Oh, and yeah. uh it, you know it's 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 so I saw this movie four times before, <laughs> and um so now I now I've seen it. 24 times, you know, so oh. mm-hmm. um, Suzanne was saying oh. how many times she saw it. So that's that's my story there. But, you know, I have this hope that his story has not ended and that someday I'll see mm-hmm. my friend again. Yeah. Um, if anyone listening is has any information on James Lewis Perryman, you can contact the uh, the Charlie Project dot org and uh, or contact the San Bernardino, California Police Department, uh, who's handling his case um, okay. in the unlikely event someone has seen him. But yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. But you said you, hey, Zabe, do you want to do an episode on Never Ending Story? This is the first thing that came to mind. 
Oh, and wow. I, I yeah, feel I'd be amiss if I didn't uh, just give a shout out to my buddy James and um, absolutely hope to see you again someday, buddy. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for sharing that, Zabe. Wow. Um, <clears throat> it might be a bit crass to say like, okay, that was really hard that that happened. And now we're going to move into the, the things that weren't so good about this movie. Hey, but that's the same way I'm going to go with. How about and now let's make fun of my friend's favorite <laughs> movie. Let's do it. Or I don't like that happen. And here's some other things I don't like. <laughs> yeah. You could, always, you could say that was hard that that happened. And these were some things that might've been hard for us to make it through. Okay, you know, maybe I should just hire you all to write my segues for me because those are so much Let's talk about mine. all the things that Zabe hated about this movie that he Let's argued go. with his friend. Here we go. Worst clothes. All right. Uh, let's kick things off with uh, me. I'm going to go first this time. For <laughs> kick the them off. We didn't like. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so we talked about. Well. I'm sure other people might say that. So I'm, I'm going to say this. This one's like a, just a small quibble that I'm like, what the junk are you talking about, dude? So you guys remember they get in the beginning of the film, uh, a true, a trail walks up, uh, and says, what do I keep saying it wrong? I think Atreyu. you pronounced it. A trail. twice that time. Right? Whatever. <laughs> a mm. walks up, says, you know, I'm the Atreyu you're talking about. You know, you're just a boy. And then fine. Screw you guys. I'm going home. Um, but he's like, no, wait. And so he comes up and says, okay, if you're going to take this quest, you can't, I'm, I have some advice for you. You can't take any weapons. I'm like, what kind of advice is that? You take can't it up take with weapons. Jesus who sent out the disciples where he said, don't take any like pillows or anything with you. Same kind of thing. But that's not advice. Now, warning or precaution or this these are the rules of this game. Okay, Mr. Thesaurus. But, <laughs> it's the same thing. I just don't know why he labeled it as advice. I don't get it. So No, it didn't it didn't make sense. And it's like, dude, you're not even going on the journey. You don't even really know what the journey entails. You just know this is this is the ends to the means, and this is what you need to do. But there's no construct, no framework within it. So well, eh, some people are only given pieces of the puzzle. The piece with the pointy-headed guy with the the big white hair um, <laughs> had the piece that he couldn't bring his bow and arrow. That's all he knew. <laughs> Which, by the way, this is where I would want to read the book to see if that would like make sense. Why that happens? Like, is there Francisco, something? The even if the book says, "Hey, don't take your weapons." I doubt you're going to be satisfied with the answer of no, why. You never are. Yeah. <laughs> How dare you? I've known <laughs> you far too long. Don't, don't feed me that. <laughs> oh, if the book says that I'm okay. No, you wouldn't be. No. But they have a good reason no, for it. No. You, no, it has to be your particular like, yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay, Francisco's fabulous fan fiction. That's, it's that's fabulous. The, that's where okay, we were here going we go. with this. So, it, this would be a reason that would satisfy Francisco for no weapons. If he comes to, like, let's say the Oracle, like the Southern Oracle, the, the Golden uh, Sphinxes, not the blue ones. Yeah, that's and the first gate. It, yeah, the first gate. If going through them, you had weapons that would keep you from entering, fine. And maybe that's why the, the guy with the lance, he he actually gets zapped. It's not about your self-worth. It's about whether or not you're going to make war or something like that. Right. Then, I, okay, I could buy that. that no, as a reason it's about self-worth. Because he knew the Gamork was after him. And if he tried to pull his no, arrow no, 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 out, no. and then he the did not. 
He did not know Gamork was after him right, until the very end. How about he, said, he only he, knew that he couldn't take any weapons with him? How about that? <laughs> <laughs> not good enough. Not good enough for Princess of right. Okay. Let's move on, though, from that small quibble. Oh, uh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Valerie, what's something you didn't care for in this film? Okay. So when Atreyu was um, looking at the guy going through the Sphinx gate, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then um, after point. after he gets zapped, he's like, I'm going to try. And then the scientist <laughs> next to him says, wait a minute, I still have a lot to tell you, so, you know, important things. And he's like, Whatever. about the second gate. Yeah. Yeah. And he gate. just runs off. And I thought, <laughs> okay, this is an important out. this is an important quest. Like, why wouldn't you <laughs> ask for every bit of advice you can get? Why would he just blow him off like that? Ah, uh, the turtle would have told me <laughs> if I needed to know. <laughs> Well, like okay. Cool quick. Oh, what was that, Suzanne? It's, I think he was. It's like a kid. It's the logic of a kid. He's like, it's cool. I got oh, it. Oh yeah. Fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whatever comes comes. I can do this. Yeah. I've, I've already seen the first part. If I can make it through the first part, I worry about the second yeah. part when I get there. My yeah. horse died. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> I think the whole scene doesn't make a whole lot of sense though, because he's supposed to have his self worth and be like worthy to pass the gate. Yeah. But yeah. The sphinxes still shoot their laser beam eyes at him. Yeah. yeah, so, right. mm-hmm. he so gets insecure. what? Yeah. Because he gets it's insecure. About, he gets insecure. It's, yeah. But then does he reset? It's almost, it's about just, speed. It's how fast can you jump yeah, through this thing? It. That's he what it's about. The thing. Yeah. <laughs> He's the only one in Fantasia that can do a tuck and roll. That's what, <laughs> <laughs> That's what makes you worthy. Yeah, yeah and if he had the bow and arrows, he couldn't roll. See? Oh my gosh. Fine, fine, Paul. Uh, by the way, story. exactly. How how does the scientist guy know anything about the mirror gate or anything? If he's never been, no one's been past this. No, space. he said. Oh, a few people have, and they got. Oh, to, they couldn't okay. get to this. They couldn't get past the second one because they go mad. Oh, I missed that. Okay, okay. Yeah. Thank you. I, I guess I, I did not hear. But that. he doesn't Thank know you. what's after the second one because no one's ever made it past that gotcha gotcha okay by the way it's uh, gamork <laughs> he's past that thank you how did gamork get past all that if he's trailing I, no I'm yeah he doesn't he's he's in I'm, another land yeah. yeah i'm not i'm not getting it okay. he just went around he just went yeah around oh yeah there you go. yeah he went he went the long way he took okay. the mario pipe warp zone and yeah <laughs> Furthermore, it, why, why didn't why didn't atreyu just simply uh Call up his luck dragon and be like, um, I'll let him hey, fly around just, this thing. Can you just fly me? Like, it's exactly fine. we can just fly right over all this stuff, bypass all this noise, and yeah. get to the yes. oracle. You know, yes. one of the ring style. Why don't you just call the eagles in the first place? <laughs> right. Hello? Cheating. Fly me over Mount Doom. Throw that no, I am i can't move. I'm getting my vitamin shots. <laughs> no, no. Here's the thing, guys. In the in the cut version, the guy at the beginning with the pointy head says, so you can't fly on luck dragons past the oracles. You can't take any shortcuts. That's the reason. And you can't yeah. take weapons. Yeah, there. that's why. How do you like it now? How do you like it now? They so Luck Dragon is not like an airship in an RPG where it can take you to basically any point. Exactly. Yeah. You so, can't. Sorry, no shortcuts. <laughs> they what are you explain say, it sorry? all in the book that I've read. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot. You've read the you gotta, book. You got to read the book. Read really it, the book. Uh, Zabe, why don't you tell us? I mean, uh, obviously, having read the book, there's something in the movie that is very different from the book that you, makes the movie something you don't like. So what would be that thing? Well, I don't know because I didn't read the book. But the thing in the movie, <laughs> <laughs> the thing in the movie that bugged me the most, and this is really stupid, 
and foolish and childish of me, but that's on brand because <laughs> the name Bastion, Bastion's uh-huh. not a name. I'm sorry. It bugged me from start to finish that the kid. No, no, Bastion's not a name. Sub- Bastion, Bastion. No, Bastion, I've if he that. has, Bastion has a child, that child's name would be Sub-Bastion. 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 Yeah, Sub-Bastion. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's yeah. not his kid, though, Paul. And that's the no. point I'm trying to make. Well, you have to have a Bastion <laughs> before you have a Sub-Bastion. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that, that, I think it's that Sebastian, not Sebastian. Well, ask the crab. I don't know. His stuffy dad drinking raw egg and oranges wouldn't call him by a nickname or a subname. That's a good point. He was calling by his full name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... As such, I found myself and and just the kid kind of bugged as an actor, you know, like <gasps> he was. A, How dare you? He's a little yeah. over the top. He's a little over the top. I could see that. I could see that. Okay. No, and, no, and wait. It's a long journey. Right. Can't eat too much right now. What are you talking about? Kid, you ate one bite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he very dramatically eats that pear. They like, if you remember how he's eating that, yes. pear, they pause at the end of that scene just to get that crunch in that last little bite. <laughs> but the, the, the kid kind of bugged me. And, and you know, and that's mm-hmm. when I saw this. I was 11. Like my parents were yeah. going through a divorce at the time in my mm-hmm. life. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I was grumpy. Maybe that's what you're upset about. Not poor. Probably. Bastard. <laughs> <laughs> but I found myself rooting for the bullies when they're. Oh, so wow. That's how much I did. Oh, okay. Like. Wow. Wow. That's that's, that's craziness. Okay. On me. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> no well, Suzanne. Let's go to Suzanne. This was your childhood, but what about this movie turned on you? What didn't you like about it? You know what? It's funny because it's we talked about like two sides of the same coin earlier. Huh? I, mm-hmm. I kind of have that a little bit. Oh. Where okay. I feel like, you know, child me and the nostalgic part of me just loves so much, but adult me watching it now and trying to show this to my child now oh it's a bit problematic in some areas like just okay. a little bit just a little bit uh-huh. i i have a hard time with how um problematic all the adults are in the movie mm, and okay. how it represents adults Wait, are there adults other than the dad uh, yeah, yeah the there's store, the bookstore the there's the teacher oh, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah so so three oh, adults in particular two. okay um, okay and so obviously his dad, we talked about that. Um, yep. The store owner. So we haven't really talked about that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that guy is so rude to Bastion. And he just gets out of here. The worst of him. He mm-hmm, assumes that mm-hmm. he would only be in the store for a nefarious purpose. You know, yeah. he's like the video games down, you know, the video game arcades over there. He like, does steal no, get out. And he's like so snide with him and the, his yeah. tone of voice. He's. He's mm-hmm. like insulting him, and I just and then the, oh, that's you wouldn't like, like hey, these books. I they don't have books. any leaps or bloops in them. Yeah, <laughs> and, and like, yeah dude, I read books. Like, chill out, you know. So I kind of felt well, like. Um, to be fair, I think most kids would be rather playing video games than reading books. Mm. So he <laughs> yeah. went with the general populace, but he doesn't need to. So I get your point. Yeah, yeah that's well, a good he doesn't point. need to be snotty about that. How yeah. about that? We yes. agree that he doesn't need to be rude. If you're yeah. going to make that <laughs> assumption, then like at least, you know, try to be pleasant. He's a child. Try to be This yeah. book's not for you. <laughs> right, right. Not for you. I so, mean, how does he know he's not Richie Rich going to come in and buy a bunch of books? Yeah, I, buy I, the I store. Your, yeah, buy the store, dude. Come <laughs> not on. With that you that not retire. Not a rich kid. Yeah. So, rich kids yeah. don't run. 
<laughs> that's probably you know he's he's problematic in it and then the other uh-huh. adult that i can pointedly say is problematic uh-huh. is what we talked about earlier where um the the guy who's like the herald for the princess or the childlike empress yeah i'm gonna know? look up his name while you're talking I keep, keep going suzanne yeah and he's he's problematic as well he also assumes the worst of a child and is like Oh, you couldn't possibly be a warrior. I'm going to dismiss you immediately just mm-hmm. by how you look because you could not possibly. Right. Be what is this a fantasy you world? Never, you don't you can never here. be <laughs> right, a great right. Atreyu. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, one more small point. Someone in the chat said this as well, which I absolutely agree. Is no one concerned that Bastion hasn't come home from school and that it's like late <laughs> and raining and right? nobody cares? That's oh, mine. The father. That's, that's mine. That's, that's the thing you don't like, Paul. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Before Are you, you done? Because I can go I'm into that. Probably, yeah. I'm but done with you. Before you but. go, Paul, before you go. Uh, so his name is Carrion, played by Moses Gunn, the 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 herald of Carrion. The, isn't the, that like a dead carcass? Yeah. That's what his name is. C-A-I-R-O-N. That, Carrion. That guy looked like a cross who's dressed quite like a cross between a like Kung Fu master and a slee stack. Yeah. Yeah, and, I can see that. And and part Klingon. Right. I was yeah. gonna say Klingon. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So anyway, so yeah. go for it, Paul. My thing is, why doesn't Bastion go home when school ends? He uh, and they shut off. It's only afterwards he goes back into the to the uh, attic and he's like looking around. He's like, a tree wouldn't quit now. Well, go home because your dad's probably freaked out. It's dark and raining, and it's like. I don't know if the I honestly don't know if the dad I, I I wouldn't say the dad's a deadbeat dad. I think he just has bills to pay and he, he he's just trying to do the he best lost he his can. wife and he's probably just right. He's he's flustered deal, yeah. about what yeah, to do. So exactly, yeah. I he doesn't I, need I, to I, take it out on his son though. I oh if that's taking out he got it good. Because, yeah, <laughs> that's your point. it could be a lot worse. Right. But yes. But the whole idea of him not going home after school, why not? I don't understand the yeah. logic behind that. Yeah, but yeah. wouldn't you assume that the school would re- have reported him truant? Exactly. Saying like, hey, Bastion didn't come to school. And if I was Bastion, if I was like late for class and I'm like, okay, the bullies are in math class. I have a math test. I would probably just sneak back home. But then I would get caught. It's like, yeah. why do you think you're protected in this crotchety yeah, attic somewhere? It, it doesn't make sense either it way. It doesn't make any sense, yeah. especially like these there after hours. Why wouldn't you go home? I yeah. understand it's a really good read and it's, it's really got you gripped. But kid. No, you don't sleep on a dusty old mattress in a in a drafty. Yeah. What schools have attics like that? Yeah. I think it's unsanitary. Yeah, just, just a little just a little bit. Yeah. I, I I'm just sorry, I got distracted, guys, because someone uh, had a story in chat that reminded me of well, going back to the bookstore seller that I wanted to read because I thought it was interesting. Um Person in the mirror says, actually, my son had something like that happen to him in real life. He was shyly trying to ask a question of a lady in a used bookstore. He started out, uh, do you happen to have any books in this series? Took a moment to breathe, breath out, but was immediately answered with, uh, no, we do not tell the Goosebumps series. We sell <laughs> books. I immediately stepped in and explained that he doesn't read the books that he was going to ask about. Swallows and Amazons by Arthur Ransom. Boy, what a change that made in her cheese. Wow, that's crazy. But yeah, that's exactly why you shouldn't assume assume things of people, for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, just like I shouldn't assume that you guys are going to, you know, rate this a tragic. Not at all. Anyway, um, <laughs> back to let's see who we got left. So, Paul, what, what did you say was yours? 
you just why Bastion it, doesn't why go Bastion? home after yeah, school? Yeah, why he doesn't go home? I don't have a good answer to that. I have no idea. Well, maybe if you read the book, it'll clearly explain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, Zabe's read the book, right? So maybe you know Zabe. No, he said it makes Oh, okay, fine. Uh, let's, wow, let's go to Ashley, and then we'll get into our tragic makers uh, for the never-ending story. But Ashley, what's something you didn't care for about this There's film? There's something that I've always said when things don't make sense, try to make it make sense. Yes. And honestly, the whole, the whole journey to save Fantasia mm-hmm. was so incredibly loose. It's like, it's tied mm. to the Empress at the edge of this and blah, blah, blah. You need to go on this journey, but no one has the answers. Right. So he's just kind of making it up as he goes along mm-hmm. and he just kind of stumbles and he searches all these remnants of the king of the world of Fantasia. Jerry has no idea where he's going, what he's doing nobody has any idea where he's going what he's doing and he's just a kinda, tool to be used by the I know emperor he's, i know he's a plot device i know he's a means to an end but yes. it's it's kind of very hollow it makes for a very hollow story just mm. in in the whole journey being very hollow because for me it's not about the destination it's about the journey that we're going on mm. and the whole pretense for all of it is just so incredibly hollow. I understand that nothing is taking off the world and people are losing their lives. They're losing their friends. Everything is unraveling and falling apart. But really, he's just going to go wander off and he's going to try to figure it out. Well, yeah, yeah he's trying to. I, I don't see what's hollow. Maybe I'm just shallow. Maybe I'm hollow, but I think it's cool. <laughs> yeah, it, I, I like I like things that are more specific and detailed. And this was just too much of a contrivance right. for me. I'm like, well, it could be anything. Yeah, and it's, not, the, it's not the journey. It's the, the friends we make along the way. Seeds of the certain flower grown in only this area. You're looking for something detailed like that. I just would be like, well, well, this is where you need to go. And I mean, yes, like they did get direction as it goes off, but he's just like wandering for like the first thirty minutes, and I'm like, this is boring. Okay, cool. Scene transitions, cool. Boy, yeah, epic books. music, Ashley. It doesn't it doesn't <laughs> save it for me? I'm but sorry. It's kind of like a mystery. Like you only get certain clues as you go along, and at the end, it was like, oh, this is to get the reader involved. Yeah, I I get that, but if, if I understand what your what your uh what what's uh, what you don't like, Ashley, is it something like you'd rather have like, OK, this is where I need to get to. And then I know where I need to go. But then all this other stuff like yes. you know, takes me off course. And exactly. I'm like always trying to get back. Like have 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 a constructed path. Yeah. Like, yeah, let's, yeah. let's go on this path. It's too loose. Are, are you upset that at the beginning, uh, the um, the Klingon guy didn't say, hey, reader, the Empress needs a name. Shout it out. <laughs> well, not to mention, I, I hated that, too. but. I didn't uh-huh. I didn't I didn't like that that thing either that about shouting oh, out the name that's how yes. he gets involved like I that's know, that's the 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 what is that the linchpin what is that the, the it is, trigger it is, yeah. it is that the trigger, it is the yeah. trigger but I'm just saying like it's got a very loose plot okay and I think that's something I just did not like okay All right. well so and let's I'm just let's just roll with that Ashley Whoa. what did you hate most was it <laughs> the the looseness of the plot led to something else that you didn't like or was it complete uh, oh no 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 the thing that was the absolute worst and it took me out of the movie completely Mm -hmm. was the audio not matching the sync of the puppets and how it was so poorly timed Mm -hmm. and anytime falcor talked it was like i was watching a live action japanese movie that was dubbed like godzilla where their (laughs) mouths would go five times well their mouths would either go faster or slower than the audio and it didn't match yeah and it took away the realism of these puppets watch it in german 
It's just the same thing in German, though. <laughs> I'm sure the same thing would happen in German, but it just, it took me out so much because when they were still and they weren't moving and, like, when Falcor was asleep, just the, the detail in the actual puppet and, like, all the little crystals, and it was beautiful. But as soon as he talked... Oh, yeah. a puppet! <laughs> yeah. I know what you mean, Ashley. I hate when the mouths don't match the the things that are being said. Point, point Those demonstrated exactly. Kind of point gross. being demonstrated exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just I know what you steals mean. away the realism, and I feel like uh, in this time, yeah. yeah, it it takes it takes me out. I mean, suspension of disbelief being yeah. so much. It's just you're asking too much of your audience because look, I'm okay with Muppets, but this is gone too far. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just it's, it's asking too much of your audience to believe that somehow these mythical creatures are like speaking because it just doesn't match up. Where did they even the learn English? Come on. <laughs> I know, right? right? Tell me about it, Paul. Ashley, and why? And uh, Ashley, yes. I think the reason why the noses are so freaky in this movie is because it's to distract you from noticing that their mouths are not in sync. Everyone's looking at Falcor's oh. nose, like going six different directions at once when he speaks. <laughs> instead of that's very insightful. I mean, what I, I what I right. tried to do to try to like shift myself and reor- reorient myself was like looking at Falcor's eyes yes. because like they're those had the, like those yeah, eyes the, are the, incredible. I, yeah those eyes were pretty good yeah. but the second he started speaking I'm just like ugh <laughs> you know what Ashley that's exactly my tragedy maker <laughs> why am I not surprised <laughs> I it threw me so so much when it was just like especially with the the woo like whenever it's like and there's a name for all the different uh, like shapes your mouth your mouth makes and that has to do with like animation and stuff and you i forget what they're called though um but it is especially apparent that it wasn't matching when they're making like wool or ooh sounds and it's just, it bothered me so much i don't know what about why it did so much but they oh, had the gosh. wrong adr director because it didn't the audio dub was not matching and, they needed a better adr and director. i felt like they kept cutting away whenever the, it was almost like obviously they're cutting because they can't get the mouth to look right but it's like now you're cutting and so i even know more that you're not and getting it takes it to look you right. out of the moment it yes, really does exactly exactly so yeah this character that looks so rich is just like cheapened. It's, a, it's cheapened exactly exactly and and i feel like that's sort of the the way well i mean i had this other one the other thing that was cheapened for me was that um the matte paintings uh or like the the outdoor shots and the matte paintings they was all, all look beautiful but then when you're around the studio i sort of knew we were on the studio like in the swamp of sorrow or that like that that grotto place that that treo was at when he's eating and and uh Fashion's like, great idea. I need to eat one bite of my sandwich. Like that, that one spot is like, I'm, you're obviously on a soundstage right now. It, it was just so, so, uh, so contrasted or juxtaposed. It, it wasn't a unified experience. Yeah, yeah. For you. Just just do it all on location or do it all on the soundstage. Pick one. Pick what is lane. this, a movie? <laughs> right? Or make the soundstages look more real. I don't know what to tell you, but they, they looked very it's close. Twice as nice, anyway. guaranteed. Sorry. <laughs> What was that? I hate it when they play an ad in front of my sound effects. <laughs> okay. Uh, so me and Ashley had the same tragic maker. Uh, let's go to Zabe next. What did you hate most about the never ending story? I think it kind of goes in kind of in line with yours, Francisco, is mm. they really it's 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 kind of an all or nothing thing with the production mm. of this. It's either mm-hmm. everything looks great or everything looks awful. And, uh, okay. And, and well, I shouldn't say awful, but everything looks 
things certain things look off and yes, other things exactly. look just beautiful. So they kind of mm-hmm. put all their uh eggs in certain baskets yeah. mm-hmm. instead of a whole con- uh, uh, cohesive unit, yeah. you know. Yes, well they spent yes, yes, yes. twenty seven million dollars, which was the the most expensive mm-hmm. film um from Germany at the time. Oh, Germany. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they apparently dust boot or something like who knows. (laughs) I was going to say, I'd be interested to know like where the, what the financials looked like, where, where, where did the money go? go? It obviously went in this scene and not this scene. Was it all into the puppetry? But then it's like, oh crud, we, we did it all in the aesthetic of the puppet, but now that it works, how are we going to make this work? Oh, just, just get some fishing wire. It's going to be fine. If I had 27 more million, I could make it work. (laughs) I think they were pretty proud of it too. Um, I don't know if you guys know this that there's a hmm. it, there's a some some sort of uh park or display theme park kind of thing yeah did you guys oh, know that no. yeah no. No. Where, it, where, in germany or somewhere so my best friend was raised in like uh um a military brat right yeah um and so brats, she was yeah. over in a town close to munich and she went there oh, cool. all the time and she rode oh, wow. the car and what like, oh, cool. yeah. Yeah, no like, wait just, wait 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 when did this park open because i that am an army brat and i was in germany from 87 to 89 Okay, so she was there. So the movie was filmed in 83. And right. I think she said she was there probably. She said that was the year that they moved there. So sometime, like, I'm guessing 84, 85. She said oh, she I went on like, a field trip. Like, Oh, I am cool. so mad now. Mom, yeah. if you're listening to this episode, I blame you. She went several <laughs> wow. times. Yeah, and, and you oh. can get up on Falcor. And what they would do, apparently there was some sort of screen uh, either in yeah. front or behind, and then you could watch yourself, and they turn on this wind machine, your hair would blow. Oh my gosh! Everything. Yeah. Oh, I, and they have all kinds of stuff there. Yeah, yeah, I, there it is. There it is. I know my new tragic oh, wow. maker is that I didn't get to go. <laughs> oh my word! Yeah. All right, that is not the days. movie. That, yeah, that's <laughs> not the movie Falcor. That's not my Falcor. They have I mean, it's kind of cool. It's a cool idea. Nail and the rock biter displayed, and so right. yeah, yeah. There you go. After Francisco's showing some of the pictures, and after looking at it, mom, I don't blame you anymore because <laughs> that 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 almost looks as bad as Never Ending Story three. Wow. Want want want. Anyway, okay, so. So Not that I, I blame my mom because we're trying to save her for the podcast. I love my mom. Yes, <laughs> yeah, she's trapped in the crystal, Paul. Jeez, I know. Save the compassion. mom, save the podcast. That's what exactly. we're doing this for. All right. Anyway, um, but Dave, I could see what, what's one example, though, of something, that, an effect or a, a part of the production that didn't stand out? Because I'm, other than the clouds, maybe, and that spinning thing at the end where uh, Falcor loses a tray, I'm not really, nothing really has come to mind for me. Is there something uh, that's uh, about uh, this? Uh, nothing is coming to mind <laughs> uh, yeah it's i meant just, to do that as a whole as a whole concept from the movie making parts of it all but even in the writing of it i just think parts of it are, are really kind of lazy and mm, mm-hmm. uh you know there's like i don't know five minutes of opening credits in this movie yeah you know, it's like more. so long of opening credits like this slow and boring sleeping yeah slow and boring <laughs> 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 the first five minutes but just you know i keep harping on these names but for some reason that really bugs me hmm. uh, like bastion that's fine atreyu that's that's a cool name falcor is a cool name but then you uh-huh. get the things like 
Rockbiter. You know, it's just like, where's the creativity that came in? Carrion. Yeah. Yeah, What's what's up? (laughs) Uh, But even the name Fantasia is kind of weak to me, I think. It's like a little on the nose, I think. Well, in the book, it's called Fantastica. Right. Yeah, you know that book book. you read, Zeb. (laughs) (laughs) But even Swamps of Sadness, you know. I thought that was cool alliteration, no? Uh, Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's too Let Zave have his. Oh, sorry, call. sorry. All right, all right, all right. I don't know. Those are those are pretty small quibbles, though. I mean, okay, but it, right. but, it, but it is things that would take. It took me out of the movie. It's just like that's fair. Rock biter. Come on now. What does he do? He yeah. just I Like okay, cool. Yeah, can't we have like Stone Guy or something? Anyway, uh, <laughs> Suzanne or Rock what? Farter. I mean, come on. Wow, <laughs> they go on both ends. Yeah. <laughs> Rock saw is ready. Uh, Suzanne, what's your tragic maker for the Neverending Story? I'm shocked that no one has said it. Oh, to this point, okay. I am shocked. Do it. You, say hate, it. The, you hate the horse Artax. Yes. I don't know why, no, but all no, right. I don't hate him. I hate that he dies so tragically. Oh, yes. And it's really soon in the movie, too. I was, it happens me and so were much sooner. Yeah. I, was, I, w- I just was like, it happens this early on. This is like the only thing that I remember from this movie. <laughs> well, it's, it's his so own dramatic. fault. He got yeah. sad. I mean, everyone knows he's not supposed to be sad in the swamp. Yeah, don't be sad in the swamp, or you're going to sink in your sorrows, and then it's over. Yeah. yeah. So but that's, that's go ahead. brutal. Go ahead, I mean, as a child, yeah. so so already the story starts starts pretty pretty sad. You see the kid get bullied. His mom died. Mm-hmm. His dad's a jerk. Mm-hmm. This other guy's a jerk. He has to go to school and there's a math test, like all these, you know, so this too close to home, right? It's it's sad. And then you're like, okay, we're going to go on this journey and it's going to, it's going to be great. We're going to live through vicariously through this kid and it's going to be amazing. Nope. We're gonna kill the horse. That's well, what we're gonna do. To be fair, the carry on Klingon said not to bring anything <laughs> with him, and he brought his horse. Is that a weapon? Does that call? Well, I don't think he said weapon. I thought he said anything. So no, right? weapon. no he said weapon. weapon. But did he say well? Yeah, you can use your horse as a weapon. That's right. Yes. I'm gonna disagree with you, Suzanne. Sorry. You don't think? Well, oh, okay. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. So, so with an astrosonic, because oh, okay, it's always great in stories when the stories mean something and how they can make it mean something is yeah. with a sense of danger and with right. purpose. Mm-hmm. And when raise things actually, right. So his, our Texas death does raise the stakes and yes, yes, there is, you know, pain, sadness, vulnerability, these things on the way of your journey and it matters. Yeah. So mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. yes, absolutely. But the way that he dies and the scream of Noah Hathaway, as he's just yes. begging him and mm-hmm. pulling him. That is traumatic for a seven-year-old. And to yes, watch it, absolutely. like, it's still hard to watch as an adult, this child losing their companion. You thought mm-hmm. he, he was going to have a companion the whole way. Nope, he doesn't. So you know? the worst uh, thing I, about this movie is that they did a good job portraying sadness and trauma. Yeah, trauma okay. for a child. You know what? I'm going to say okay. no you know trauma what? for children on children's okay. movies. I'm going gonna, gonna to go ahead and, and bar that. Let's do it a different way. How about that? Okay. Don't kill yes. the horse. Don't hey, here, kill the horse. Here's, here's the way I would do it, though I'd still kill the horse, but here's how I would do it. <laughs> I would actually – so during uh, – before the Swamp of Sadness – they, the, the narrator talks about how, uh, Artax and Trio went to the, the, like the Mystic Mountains or they, they, they went to all these That's places. That's where the dwarves live, right? 
Whatever, yes. Something that's like that. the Misty Mountains. <laughs> oh, I said Mystic Mountains. <laughs> Completely different. Same thing. Oh my gosh, Ashley. Um, uh, so you see, uh, so I would have loved to see the movie have uh, Atreyu and Atar- Artax go through those things and have like these key moments where they like save each other and they're, they become even strongerly bonded. And then to have Stronger. him die. so basically what you're saying is strengthen the ties and demonstrate that they have an even stronger relationship than the one that's demonstrated just in the the, brevity of their yeah deep in the trauma it's a montage deep in the trauma exactly deep in the trauma because it was literally just a short brief travel more trauma for children yes yes Yes. Yes. because I mean well here's the thing here's the the thing I know you want to say something I will I will get you right after this but Francisco speaking I there is an element. I wonder if it's subconscious, if it's intentional or not, on the part of the storytellers. But Bastion is trying to escape his life, and I wonder if this is a way of saying, "Hey, in stories, crap happens. Crap happened to you in real life. Crap happens in stories. You can't just escape it and run away from it all the time, thinking that you're going to outrun it because it's going to catch up to you eventually. It's going to find you so, wherever you go. So I that's that's what I, I missed say. the Zabe, pooping part of the movie. Sorry. Oh my god. <laughs> Uh, Dave, what were you about to say? In Wolfgang Peterson's defense, I gotta yeah. say, I gotta say that they did film more scenes with oh, okay. with uh from what I read at least, uh mm-hmm. with Artax, 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 what's his name? Artax and uh Atreyu. The horse and his boy, yes. The horse and the kid. <laughs> yes, yes. The horse and baby Conan. Mm-hmm. They, oh uh, my gosh. They they did see more scenes, but uh, from also what I read is uh, Spielberg was a big friend, a uh, close friend of Wolfgang, mm-hmm. yeah, and helped him with some of the editing. I don't know if that was one of the choices that he edited uh, seven minutes out. Yeah, so I, yeah. I, I don't know if that was one of the things or not. I mean, if Spielberg the, says, "Hey, maybe you should make this edit," I think you take his advice. But yeah. by the way, in 2019, they came out with an extended. They put four minutes back in. I haven't seen it. So I'd okay. be curious to see what four minutes were. It's yeah, probably like, game. oh, this scene is like ten seconds longer. Right. This scene is, yeah. Yeah. yeah, four minutes doesn't seem like it's going to do that much. Yeah, but, but it's, right. it's an extra four minutes of Bastion eating a pear. <laughs> yes, it was an apple. Just what I needed. It was, it was an apple. It was green. It was green. Whatever green it was. It was one of the green few apple. times in movie history where the person eating the apple didn't come off like a jerk. <laughs> At least <laughs> to me. <laughs> Uh, Dale oh, said more my credits. Goodness. Four more minutes of credits. Right <laughs> <Four> <laughs> credits yeah. Let's get it closer to wow. 10, people. Yes. We can do it. It's the extended okay. remix of Never Any Story Song. What? Yeah. Wow. You got to see where that 27 million went to. Let's go. 12-inch remix. Let's go to Valerie's Tragic Maker. What did you hate most about the Never Ending Story, okay, Valerie? Okay, well, you touched on this a little bit, but um, mm-hmm. I saw a pattern of fashion running away from his problems. Yeah, and I yeah. also noticed that there's this theme throughout of the balance of uh, keeping your feet on the ground versus dreaming. And the mm-hmm. really the whole movie is like, dream all you want. And I actually really value imagination. So I, I'm surprised I'm saying this, but I feel like it was imbalanced. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I actually did think that dad had a tiny bit of a point in that, like he was trying to teach his son that that education is important, too. Mm-hmm. And then the first thing he does when he gets to school, oh, I'm just going to ditch school. <laughs> Even though he said, okay, dad, I'm going to, you know, try harder. So he ditched class. Then he, you know, he didn't go home at night. So 
I feel like the yeah. whole movie is just like, forget responsibility. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and I, I actually really love fantasy and imagination, but come on, let's let's have a little balance. Now so. I see what you're talking about, Suzanne, when you were saying you had some problematic stuff with showing this with kids. I'm like, but after what you said and what she said, I'm like, yeah, there is a lot of there. You don't want your your kids to yeah. follow. You have to yeah, give some context. There. Yeah. yeah. Mixed messages yeah. here. Yeah. 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 Here's what I learned. What what kind of kid's going to like stay in a school and read a book? Now, if I had a Game Boy, I could see doing that. But. <laughs> I wouldn't have stayed in the school. I just would have gone back home. Yeah. What's the hey, point? Hey, Francisco, this was 1984. Yes. Before Game Boys, books were Game Boys then. <laughs> <laughs> He still could have heeded the advice of that bookstore owner and gone to the arcade, but they probably would have reported him truant. And who knows? This was 1984 in, in Germany, so who knows? It wasn't Germany because an... the signs were in English. Yeah, yeah. But what what technology would he have really had? He could have stayed yeah. home and watched The Prices, Right? Yeah. What did, what did Columbo say back in my day? Mov- movies were called books. Is that what he says? I think so. In The Princess Bride. Yes, I'm pretty sure that's what <laughs> Thank you. I was like, that's not Columbo. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> what well, is? But... Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good enough. <laughs> anyway, that leaves Paul. All what right. was not good enough about The NeverEnding Story? Okay, so my classic maker, I said, um, was what I called the production quality. Yes. Uh-huh. So my tragic maker is what I'm going to call the production quality. <laughs> and it's, it's, basically, it's basically a little bit like what you guys said. Um, the kid actors, I said they were great, but there are moments that are like, okay, let's take a couple more rounds on that line. Let's <laughs> Like, oh no, not again. The bullies are after me. Not again. Like there's a couple of takes that they could have done again. Like let's, let's try yeah. to get that right. Um, you talked about the physical creatures. I agree, Ashley. the The eyes in Falco are amazing. I think yes. it's it's actually a lot better than a lot of what like they're doing with CGI these days. Yeah. I mean, they model mm-hmm. and they have to puppet and rig it in CG yep. in the computer. And I think Falco's eyes are even better than what's and it's uh, most of the time was doing. And it's done so well, right? But when he tries to move his arms. Or like that <laughs> bat trying to fly. It's like, oh, that only goes up. There, there's not. It's sad because we just reviewed um, the labyrinth, and you have that character Ludo. Now, granted, this is um, Jim Henson comparatively. Mm -hmm. I mean, Mm -hmm. but but in the mid '80s, what they were able to do with puppetry, they could have pushed it a little more, like you said, in the mouth, in the arms, and then Mm -hmm. um, even like some of the effects, like the green screen, doesn't really age well. Granted, going into this. You got to know this is a mid '80s movie, but the worst thing about it of someone watching it today is they got to realize this is a mid '80s movie. <laughs> <laughs> what they don't have CG back then? Come on. Well, yeah, it's you have to use a green screen. You know it's, what I thought it's was like a weird? Baby's movie. Watching it as a kid, like those, like the scientist and his wench, whatever they called it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I, I just thought it was. Like kind of weird. I thought him and Atreyu were the same size. It wasn't until an adult I was trying. To, oh, they're trying to make him smaller. I just thought they yeah. were messing up with the special effects. Oh, really? No, yeah. I thought that forced perspective actually worked really well. I was, as, like, a, I was as an adult, I see that, but as a kid, I'm like, I I just wasn't paying that much into it. <laughs> I was just like, okay, that's like special effects or whatever. I think they're the same size. They tried. Yeah. Wow. All right. All right. 
Well, lots of lots of uh, two sides of the same coin with all these uh, likes and dislikes, classic makers, tragic makers. But now that we've entered all our trajectories into the firing computer, us to have a firing solution for us. No. Yes. Firing solution complete. Rating salvo at the ready. On your mark. All right, guys. Moment of truth. Do we rate The NeverEnding Story a classic? We recommend anyone go see this film, whether or not they've seen it before. A nostalgic, if you've seen it before, like as a kid or young adults, yeah, give it a rewatch. You won't be wasting your time. It'll be fun or tragic or sad. Not tragic. It'll be sad, but it'll be worth a watch. But if you've never seen it before, eh, pass this on, this one on, this one on by. Or do we rate it a tragic? It's not worth anyone's time today. If you've never seen it before, definitely keep it that way. And if you have seen it before, don't sully any good memories you have of it with a rewatch. So let's start with all our guests. Uh, and we're going to start with Zabe this time. What is your final rating for The NeverEnding Story? <laughs> my final rating is for sure uh, the same as it was in my prediction. It's oh. classic, classic for kids, nostalgic for adults. So I need one though. You one? gotta give me one. Okay. Yes. Right, well, then I gotta I gotta go with nostalgic then. Nostalgic. Okay. Yeah. Totally fair. Uh, Suzanne, Wait, you, 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 what was wrong with this? Why did you? No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sticking um, to my guns, and I am saying nostalgic also. Okay. Nostalgic also. All right. Uh, let's see. Let's go to Valerie next. What was your, uh, you had predicted classic. Did it say that or did it change for you? Classic. Classic still. Wow. Okay. Uh, Ashley, how about you? You had rated, uh, nostalgic. Is this another tragic for you? <laughs> Would it be? I don't know. I'm asking. I have no idea actually. Yeah. This movie <gasps> is a tragic. What? Oh my gosh. Oh, no. Unpack that for me more. Oh, Why is it okay. a tragic? Honestly, I think it just sends so many wrong messages. It's like, okay, kid, you have problems. Go escape into a world of fantasy. Yeah. Don't have any responsibility. Um, yeah. You can be part of you can be part of someone else's story. And honestly, it's your imagination and your your ability to disconnect from the real world that allows you to connect with this fictitious world and rebuild. And there's just so many things that don't make sense about it. There's so many things that disconnect you. And honestly. It's just like one of these generic fantasy movies and I just can't. Okay. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold How on. is that any different from Dorothy and Oz? She just wants to go to Oz and fix and be in Oz. So how is this I any mean, different? I here's, mean, here's what I'm going to tell you. Yeah. Actually going through this movie yeah, yeah. actually makes me appreciate Return to Oz that much more. What? And it makes me right. feel like it was actually significantly more well done. What? Just because there was more plot development. It was true to the books. I knew it was relevant to a story. And this is just... Too all over the map and too too contrived and it's the flying monkeys, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just it's too it, it's at the end of the day, it's just too thin for me. Okay, and I right. can't. All tragic, right. tragic, all tragic, right. tragic. Very fair. <laughs> yeah. Before we get to a uh, polonized rain, we're we're sort of all over the board here. We have two nostalgic, a classic, a tragic. Uh, but when we go to our Rewind Republic, those who uh, support the podcast at the $5 or more level, when I uh, average their all their votes, this is a nostalgic from them. So we have another nostalgic. Uh, so that's three nostalgic so far. Paul, we could if it, if you and me say classic or tragic, this is going to be like a three-way tie. It's going to be crazy. But all right. what's, your, what's your final reign, Paul? Let's you make had it a predicted 
nostalgic. <laughs> yes, I predicted nostalgic. But honestly, um, I, I love the fantasy. This was so enjoyable watch for me. This is I, I'd recommend it to anybody. So classic. Wow. Okay. Classic for That's you, right. huh? Don't shake your head at me. <laughs> You're entitled to your opinion. That's right. You um, hear that? I'm entitled. <laughs> yeah. For me, I had a uh, predicted classic. And, <laughs> and I think after seeing this film, I, there was a lot I still enjoyed about, it, especially that soundtrack. It's it's so uh, what do the kids say today? It slaps, it bops, it, it it's pops. A bop. It's a bop or it slaps. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's right. That's what that's what they say, and I say that too all the time because no, because I'm 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 one of the Utes. Um, anyway, for me though, I I think there's. Uh oh. I I have the feeling that I read this book and this movie is gonna be like. How did they do this poor job with the movie? Well, based that's on that, how the uh, the original writer felt. Yeah, he, 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 it. He, oh, really? Yeah, he hated it, he hated it okay. so much. He he I'm, had his name removed from the film, and he he sued the company trying to get them to stop making it. Yep. Really? Oh my gosh! Okay, he lost. And, and, and lost. Yeah. And, and I can't. And I I guess I shouldn't make that same because I'm that's from a that's a position from silence because I haven't read the book, but I. Like you guys were saying, I don't like how it's it's pretty much just shirk responsibility. Just go after all the things in your fantasy in your fantasy dreams and stuff. Don't don't. Um, I'll say it this way: when you want freedom, freedom comes with responsibility. Freedom. So to say that they're 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 disparate, they're not connected at all. I feel like is a a uh, false. It's not saying the right message. Go follow your dreams responsibly. (laughs) (laughs) So many people say go follow your dreams and cheer them on, but no one's ever saying responsibly. Do you want to hop aboard the tragic train, Francisco? No, no, it's not tragic by any means. It was fun getting to rewatch. So I'm going to rate it nostalgic as well. Ah, bummer. One, two, three, four nostalgics to two classics and a tragic. The Retro Rion podcast rates the never ending story uh, all over the place disputed nostalgic <laughs> film. If you enjoyed it as a kid, probably worth your time to rewatch it. But if you've never seen it before, uh, actually, I'm curious, what would you recommend someone go? Would you say go watch Return to Oz? I no. would probably say if you're going to choose a movie with that's set in fantasy with puppetry mm-hmm. that was done incredibly well, go watch Labyrinth. Yes! That is hey, the best. Hey, hey, Out hey. of these most three recently reviewed films, <laughs> I would say go <laughs> go you, to Suzanne. Labyrinth. If if the tight pants aren't doing it for you, maybe go watch Return to Oz. It's dark. No, it's jarring. Watch the original. But, but it still has more to offer than this movie because there's actually dun, consequences. Dun. Go Actually, watch Conan. It's the same movie. <laughs> Actually, yeah. I've seen Conan the Barbarian. I actually enjoyed that movie a heck of a lot yes, more than this Conan one. the Barbarian. I, I, I just watched it, loved it so much. That anyway. one is a nostalgic or, or maybe a classic. That I don't know. I, I haven't classic? seen it in so long. Oh, we'll we rewatch can, it this weekend. Yeah, we can watch it this tonight, right now. And right I'll tell you this. how much better it is than this movie. <laughs> Give me that sweet, sweet Basil Polydorus. Oh, I love that. Absolutely. I'm through toying with you, (laughs) (laughs) He-Man. But now we're done toying with our final reigns. Time to get back to our own time. Good old 20XX. 20XX. Homesets online. Receiving incoming transmission. 
feels good to be back, but we wouldn't have been able to travel back to 1984 to begin with if it weren't for our, our amazing reflux capacitors, namely Deborah Powers, Geek Devotions, Drew of the Cellcast, Ashley Ruiz. Hey, you're right here. Uh, Kenneth in, Fabulous Lomax, Rosie Lomax, That's Our Babo, D. Tungsten, Dale, Mr. Loss, Daryl Hafner, Cool Deluxe, in addition to two other awesome patrons as well. Thank you all so much for keeping the Jigwats coming. And if you want to help keep us flying, uh, and get bonus content for your generosity, head over to RetroRewindPodcast.com slash support to start. Flying like on a a, a luck dragon? Ah, yeah. Ah, 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 yeah, exactly. Ah. Do that. Do that right now. It looks like a big, good, strong stream, doesn't it? It's probably sponsored by RJPowers.com. And while we're thanking our supporters, we also want to give a big, fantastic hug to Zabe, Suzanne, Valerie, and Ashley for supporting us with their thoughts about the never-ending story tonight. So mm-hmm. I'd like to go in alphabetical order. So we'll start with Ashley. Where can people find you online? Or is there anything cool you got going on? Nothing to promote, nothing really going on. But if you are interested in some of my takes on faith, fandom, and everything in between, find me on Twitter at Ashley Ruiz1186. Great. And I think next is Suzanne going riding the alphabet train. Where can people find you online if they um, want to get in touch? Almost nowhere. I just <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, next. I'm 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 a big fan of uh retro rewind podcast and also oh uh, thank you shall we play a game who will save generation x podcast Ooh, which i, I was heard of that. To host one time and oh, probably really? never awesome. again it was so, hard. <laughs> <laughs> so i totally Aww. respect what you guys are doing you guys are awesome i Aww, love thank it thank you and especially zabe too because i see what he goes through and mm-hmm. man this podcast and stuff no joke you guys are awesome Oh, thank thank you. you very much, Suzanne. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, glad to have you. And uh, Valerie, where can people find you online? I'm on Instagram as Hazel A. Genexer. All right. Nice. And what, do you, what do you post on Instagram? Just uh, like family um, stuff or? A lot of different things, but mainly travel and flower photos. Oh, nice. Yeah. Very cool. So check that out. Yep. And Zabe, thank you so much for joining us. How can people find you online? Is there anything cool you got going on? Thanks for having me again. I of am course. the host of a podcast called Who Will Save Generation X? It's a trivia game show. Uh, it's the only Gen X trivia game show podcast in the entire world, as far as I know. That's and worth listening that, to. Yes. You know what that means? It's the best Gen X. The highest uh, rated. Trivia. Gen highest trivia, rated. Highest rated. Most award winning or award wanting. Yes. Just because it's technically also the worst doesn't mean that it's not good. <laughs> no, we, we highly it recommend go check them out. <laughs> yes, yes. If you are a Lots fan of, of uh, Retro Rewind Podcast, you can check out the episode that Francisco and PaulJPowers.com was on our show. Uh, Do they? I, you know what? I, I don't think they need to check that one out. Maybe we if we have a rematch, where, I was going to say, see if you can predict the outcome on that one. Spoiler! I totally predicted it before you even were done. I was oh, like, I know how this God. is going to go down. Thanks, my I wife, did for that support. I did. I d- I knew he's nice. not a true. He's Dang, not a true. P- Pat Maria not being a taxi. Happy days. I know Happy that days. now. He, he had his own restaurant. Thank you. 
Well, actually, you, you do not have to be a Gen Xer to enjoy the show. No. And, no. Or oh, I've listened. Show, I've enjoyed it. Oh, good. I'm glad. Yeah. Uh, but the show aims at uh, saving the things of Generation X from being forgotten and fading into oblivion. So uh, that's that's our goal. That's our aim. And we kind mm-hmm. of talk about some things of the past and have a few jokes and sell some trivia. It's a good time. It is. Very it's fun. Cool. And can, that's at who'll save. So yeah, where where can you find it? When you're done checking out pauljpowers.com, you can head over to <laughs> who will say Gen X.com. In fact, com. if you cool. go to pauljpowers.com, there's a link to Francisco and I's episode of Who Will Save Generation X. Awesome. What? <laughs> well, very cool. Anyway, thank you. Go ahead, Save. All Francisco, we yeah. we would in all honestly, we would love to have a rematch between you and Paul. That'd be uh, that'd be super fun. And uh, I'm I'm very thankful that I've met you guys and, um, and the, the the little bit of friendship we got going on. I really appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Uh, yes. Thanks for having me on again. Of course. Thank you. And thank for you like mentioning how your uh, how Suzanne was all like never any story and like uh, saying, hey, can she be on? It was awesome having getting to have both of you on and making this like this triple date thing. I thought that was Yay. very cool. So thank, thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> thank you again so much. Uh, Ashley, Suzanne, Valerie, and Zabe. And thank you to my awesome, uh, luck, dr- luck friend, uh, Paul. Luck friend. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and all you rewinders, new or old, for another fun voyage. That's right. You can find me, pauljpowers.com at pauljpowers.com. <laughs> And you can find me on our Discord for show announcements or just to say hi. Join us there at RetroRewindPodcast.com slash Discord. This podcast is a proud member of Culture Box, a curated collection of podcasts, videos, and articles that will provide you a balanced meal of content. You will find culture celebrated for its past and future, satirized for its extremes, explored in study, and created anew in story. Point your web browser to culturebox.media. Interesting. All right. As that mysterious voice just said, we are now part of Culture Box <laughs> Media Network. Find all the shows unpacking truth, truth through story, comedy, and geekery at culturebox.media. And with that, Captain, it looks like we need to wait for the next riddle to unlock. Indeed we do, Paul. But thank you, XO, and thank you all for listening. We pray you are more joyful today than when you first hit play. But like a Pokemon, we got to catch you for the next episode, wherever that ends up being. Help us figure that out by listening to the next ship's log and send us your answer to the riddle if you have it. And that will hopefully be our next episode of the Retro Rewind podcast. Fourth dimension of doing mission complete. Decoding next riddle. View RRP ship's logs for more details. Things will work out fine, Atreyu. Never give up and good luck will find you. You furry flea-bitten fool, I'll cover my throne with your hide!